0: We all react differently to change, don't we? Uh, When a new software update comes on my phone, I get all excited and I think, wow, uh, what new and exciting features have appeared this time. Whereas my wife's reaction is, why are they changing it again? I only just got used to the last things they messed up. Software updates... A pretty mundane thing though, despite what the manufacturers might tell you, they're not really going to make a huge impact on your life and radically change the way you live. Exciting though they may be for me, or the exact opposite for maybe the others of you, you know, a fingerprint, using your fingerprint to unlock your phone isn't really gonna save you that much time than quickly tapping in a four-digit passcode, is it? It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. What about news that is a little bit bigger? News that is going to impact your life, though. I wonder how you react. I suspect with news like that, we would probably react much more similarly. Maybe happy about big news that we find out that other people are going to have that's going to impact their lives, and it's not going to cause too much inconvenience to us. But when that surprising news comes to us, good as it may be in parts, if it's going to mean change for us, if sacrifice is going to be required on our part. I think we can all be filled with a sense of trepidation and become anxious about what that change is going to entail and where things are going to end up. What's that going to mean for us? I'm sure uh, Alex and, and Audrey had... I uh, saw Alex and Jen had, had that feeling when Audrey was born. They were really excited, but also a sense of maybe anxiousness and trepidation about how they were going to cope with being parents. I remember I certainly had that feeling when Anouk, my first, was born. I was really excited, but at the same time was questioning what exactly had I let myself in for? I'm still finding out today. <laughs> we all like knowing what is going to happen, don't we? And when things take us into the unknown, although it can be exciting, it can also be a rather daunting and scary place. This, morning, uh, this morning's reading, do keep it open if you have closed it already. This morning's reading recounts the events of, of the angel visiting Mary. And I'm sure it's one of those passages that most of us have heard numerous times before. And the thing that, that strikes me about this passage, or one of the things, uh, as I was reading it this time, is the response Mary gives at, at the end of receiving this news. I don't know if it hits you, but the, but the, last, the last line she says is, may it be to me, as you have said. How, how did Mary come to say those words after quite a short conversation with the angel? How did Mary come to have that surrender and acceptance of someone else's plan and not fire back hundreds and hundreds of questions or have any indication of, of self-doubt or any hint of uh, annoyance at how inconvenient this plan or, or God's plan may be to what she had thought her life was going to end up looking like. You know, I think if it was me in that situation, obviously forgetting that I'm a man, and me becoming pregnant would have brought a whole nother level to this miracle. <laughs> but biology aside, I doubt, I really do doubt, whether my closing words would have been quite like that. So what led Mary to say these words? And I think the answer is simple, really she listened to the words that the angel said, words that the angel had been given from God to to deliver to Mary. And she believed them. Simple as that. How did she come to believe them? And I'm going to look at three things that I think in this story can really help us to begin to understand how Mary can have that attitude and how we can perhaps become to have that kind of confidence in God's ways this morning. And the first thing I want to share, I want us to know this morning, is we need to know that the Lord is with us. The promises that God uh, has given to Mary are incredible, but they all start with an angel saying these words Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. When I read those uh, words, I was transported back uh, to the story of Joseph. For those that are visiting uh, this morning, we have literally just finished uh, a sermon series looking at the story of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dreamcoat. Well, it's actually from uh, the book of Genesis in the Bible. But we've gone through that story. And that phrase was in the story of Joseph, wasn't it? In that series. Do you remember when Joseph was sold into slavery, what was Joseph told? God God was with Joseph. When Joseph was in prison, what were we told in that story? God was with Joseph. God didn't stop Joseph going through the troubles in this story, but he was with Joseph and got got him through those uncertain times. And we hear the same phrase here at the start of this story. God isn't going to stop Mary having troubles... She, you know, uh, she has to flee to Egypt later. She has to travel heavily pregnant for a, a sense of something completely outside of, of, of her control. She has to give birth because in, in a place where animals were kept because no guest room was available. God didn't stop Mary going through difficult times. But the first words to Mary, I think, are a reassurance that God was going to be with her wherever she was. When I look back at some of the difficult times that I've had in my life in the past, they are actually the places where I can now really sense and and see that God was with, with me the most, carrying me and helping me and guiding me through those times. And I think it's the same for every single one of us here. God promises to be with us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour into our lives, he says he is with us at all times and in all places. And we need to believe that, just as Mary did. Mary was just an ordinary girl. There was nothing special about her. She was not from royalty. She wasn't rich. She wasn't super intelligent. Just a young human woman that God was with. And Mary was just willing to accept that. And after Mary uh, was told that that God was was with her, the very next verse actually tells us that Mary is troubled by the angel's presence. Often when we think of angels, um, I certainly did when I was growing up, and the picture that that came up in my mind was of a a beautiful uh, blonde blonde lady with long flowing hair and a a long white uh, gown with wings flapping rhythmically in the background. Something just... ah. Angels in the Bible aren't like that. Uh, Angels are are, are huge creatures. They are heaven's warriors, heaven's messengers. Uh, They're huge, powerful beings, often appearing, carrying uh, swords. They, uh, they, They would have been really rather scary things to meet, aside from the fact that they shine brightly as well. Huge creatures visiting you, probably two or three times the size of us. They are scary things. That's why whenever an angel appears, I think there's one exception in the Bible. Amongst the first words that angels have to say is, do not be afraid, because they are scary things to meet. But Mary being troubled by the angel's appearance, you know, so angel being Mary being troubled by the angel's appearance is not surprising. But I think Mary even then would have had reassurance, knowing that God was with her, and she gets this incredible news that is going to change her life and her circumstances dramatically. And the news is so monumental that it's not actually just going to change her life monumentally is going to change the whole world monumentally forever too. Which leads me to the second thing I want us to to see this morning from this passage, is realize that nothing is impossible with God. With God with you, nothing is impossible. And this miracle that's happening to Mary here is proof of that. Mary's going to bear a child, and not just any son, We're told that she's going to give birth, not just any child, she's going to give birth to a son who's going to be called Jesus, who is going to be great, the son of the Most High, and that God is going to give this child the throne of David, David being the most successful king Israel had ever had, and if that wasn't enough, the angel says uh, that her son Jesus will rule the people of Jacob, Jacob's uh, Jacob's descendants, we all know who Jacob's descendants were, if you were here in our sermon series, don't we? They formed the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, the people of God. So the child is going to rule the people of God forever, and his kingdom will have no end. They are massive promises, aren't they? Huge promises that were completely jaw-dropping for this ordinary young girl, Mary, to hear the angel say to her. Mary's mind, I think, does the obvious thing. asks the first question that pops into her mind. How can this be, since I'm a virgin? Uh, and the angel tells Mary that she's going to get pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then as if, just to remind and reassure her further, the angel makes it doubly clear that, this, that her child will be God's son. It's quite a short conversation, really. I was just thinking about all the things that angel didn't say to Mary in this short exchange. He doesn't give a huge, long answer, telling Mary exactly how every part of uh, his, God's plan for Jesus is going to work out. He doesn't tell Mary exactly how uh, her child is going to rule for eternity. He doesn't tell her of the incredible plan he has uh, for Jesus to die that horrendous death on the cross having, having never sinned and three days later rising again defeating death. Mary probably wouldn't have been able to take uh, that, that all in even if the angel had told her. The angel doesn't even at that point tell her that she's going to have to go and live in Egypt in a few months' time to flee, uh, to flee Herod who was killing all the children. Instead the angel simply tells Mary about how the next part of his plan is going to unfold the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and you'll get pregnant with God's child and you're going to call him Jesus. In other words, the angel makes it clear to Mary what the next part of the plan involves for her. The angel makes no mentions of how the rest of the promises are going to pan out and be fulfilled. All he does is make clear that Mary knows God is with her. And God has the next step under control. And Mary is obedient to that. And that is, I think, how we often need to be obedient to God, too. The Christmas story is, is living proof that all things are possible for God. You know, we're here 2,000 years later, thousands of miles away from where these events happened, celebrating the birth of Jesus, uh, because the words the angel spoke to Mary came true. Those promises probably would have seemed impossible to Mary at that time. And Mary didn't have a clue how they were going to be fulfilled. Yet Mary was faithful in each step and trusted, even though she didn't know how it was going to pan out in the end. We need to trust the promises of God like that, and that nothing is impossible for him. We shouldn't be worried or paralyzed about a big situation or problem in our life. All we need to do is take the next step in that, whatever it may be that God is asking us to take, and trust that God knows what he's doing and that his plan and his purposes will come out in the end. The Christmas story uh, tells us that. The Christmas story fills us with hope. We can look at all the problems going on in the world at the moment. Syria, uh, Iraq, maybe the uncertainty some of us are are feeling over over, uh, the Brexit negotiations. Numerous other things that are going around causing uncertainty that we don't know how are going to be resolved. Yet when we see this incredible story uh, of the birth of Jesus and how God saved the world through a tiny baby, we can be filled with hope that we can have confidence that God's plan is going to come about in the end, even though it might seem unlikely. Because it certainly was unlikely in human minds, wasn't it, to choose just an ordinary young lady to bear the son of the world, the son of God. We should have confidence, as verse 37 puts it, that no word from God will ever fail, or the NRSV, how the NRSV version translates it is this, for nothing is impossible with God. That's how we need to try and live our lives. When we can't see how God's going to resolve issues or see how his plans are going to come about, is realize nothing is impossible for him and trust him with the next step. That's Mary's attitude, which is the third point we need to do, is accept God's way and not our own way, except God's way, and not our own way. Mary's response to this sudden appearance of the angel and her imminent uh, conception of God's child, as I started, i am just gonna repeat the phrase I started at the end, was this, may it be to me as you have said. May it be to me as you have said. Not, well, Gabriel, actually, I think I have a better idea. Or I'd rather not do it this way if it's all the same with you. You see, I'm about to get married. And this might put a little bit of spanner in the works of that with Joseph. Nor hundreds of other excuses or responses. But instead an answer that showed her willingness to accept God's plan and play her part in it. I think this is the thing that makes Mary stand out in this story and probably a key reason why God chose her because she was willing to accept God's plan on her life even though it impacted her hugely. It was costly. It was going to be costly to her. Her life was going to change forever. You know, Those of you here with kids this morning know how your life changes forever after you have them. Yet there are no ifs or buts. In Mary's response, just a desire for God's will to be done. Mary would have known that having a baby outside marriage would have been a cultural disgrace. She could have led to her being ostracized from society, uh, from her family. You know, Joseph had to have a, a visit from an angel to stop him from leaving Mary. Mary could even have been stoned to death for being pregnant outside of marriage. It was costly for her. could have been hugely costly for her. She didn't know how it was going to work out. Her reputation, everything. How willing are we to say yes to God's way and his plan, even when it's costly? I think of a story of a man I, I once knew who was in a difficult position at, at work. Um, the company that he was working for was selling software and was basically outright lying to potential customers about what the software could actually do. And as a Christian, he knew this wasn't uh, what he wanted. To, well, he couldn't be involved in it. He knew it wasn't part of God's plan for him to tell lies and after being instructed to tell lies or to back up, even back up lies that others had told in his job and, and he, he couldn't live with this situation any longer and to cut the story short he ended up having to resign from his job he had kids he had a family, he had a mortgage he had no other job to go to it was incredibly costly to him and led to a really tough time for his whole family And it took him quite a while to find another role. But he did eventually find one. And he found one, a a job, where he didn't have to lie and where he actually ended up flourishing in the end. But it took a long time to get there. He didn't know how it was all going to pan out in the end. But he trusted God in that moment, even though it was costly. It would have been so easy for him to simply ignore the situation and not trust God. Well, God, I know that's not what you want me to do, but I haven't got another job yet. I've earned all kinds of other things. How am I going to have to move? What about my family? All those other things. But he had the strength and courage to do what was right, even though it was going to be costly for him. Now, that was a, quite an extreme example. But I just want us to think about That question again, how willing are you to say yes to what God is asking you to do, even if it's costly this Christmas? What is God asking you to trust him with? Are you going to go God's way or your own way? Because I think if we believe those things that we've said this morning, if we know that God is with us, and if we realise nothing is impossible for God, we're much more likely to accept God's way and not our own. And when we look at this incredible story at Christmas, seeing God's plan come to earth through Mary, we can really trust that God knows what he's doing, that no power of man is going to stop his plan, and that we can give God everything and not hold anything back. All we need to do is trust and follow, even if it's costly. Amen.